My name is Boyd Varty. I think of myself as an artist of experience. My passion is to create transformational experiences for myself and others as a way to explore what it means to truly live. My central exploration is to live on what I would call the track of your life. To me, this is to live courageously towards the discovery of what you are called to and to what life asks of you. So much of how I live has been informed by my passion as an animal tracker. I'm following the trail of my own life and reporting back. This show is a daily broadcast from a treehouse on the Londolozi Game Reserve in the wild eastern part of South Africa. Londolozi is a 14,000 hectare wilderness reserve adjacent to the Kruger National Park. The land is home to lion, leopard, rhino, elephant and buffalo, as well as a variety of other animals. I am your host, Boyd Varty. My goal is to spend 40 days and 40 nights alone in the wilderness to explore the archetype of the mystic in nature and hone my skills as a tracker. These are my daily stories. Day 9. Jurassic Park. Journal Entry. On my beat around the world, which is larger than most, I found, find more and more men and women who are not in touch with one another, but nonetheless already belong to a community that is still to come, and has as yet no institutions to express and serve it. They are our true neighbours, and they make the new and great neighbourhood inevitable. There are tracks of a porcupine on the entry road to the camp, as well as a hippo. There have been lions roaring close by the camp. Also, if you need someone to cook a sweet potato for you, I'm your guy. They could do a whole master chef on me, the sweet potato maestro of South African wilderness. As I write this, an elephant has ambled up and is feeding on a bush willow in earshot. I've been thinking it could be nice to spend a whole day following an elephant bull, practicing wilderness tradecraft and staying out of sight while I just contemplate his being. If you have ever wondered what it's like living in a tree during 36 hours of rain, I will tell you, it is pretty lousy. I remember why this expedition was scheduled for the rainless winter. At home idea. I should go in April. But I'll tell you something else. I don't mind. There is something about this kind of wet and cold struggle that is actually kind of great. I feel closer to the animals. I respect their resilience so much. I once heard it said that neuroses is a substitute for real suffering. And I feel like I understand that. Because out here, I don't find myself looping in worry. I'm not saying it's been pleasant uh, in the rain, but I feel alive. I feel like life is making me. I just do, finished doing a session of what I call Vinyasa Bell. It's a six kilometer run followed by an unlikely combination of yoga and kettlebell and it is sure to be the be next big fitness craze. Anything to warm up really. Returning home from the run I cut onto a game path that only I know about and it was a very nice feeling uh, to feel like I have kind of local knowledge. I'm a local. I've noticed that I spend a lot of time just sitting. I once heard that after the spiritual teacher Eckhart Tolle had his awakening, 
He just sat on a park bench for about a year, feeling totally at peace. I'm definitely not putting myself in that category, but I am so much more comfortable being. Being is the frequency of nature. The world is not in my head via news and information channels, so in my world all is calm. One of the things I always wanted to understand is what you might call the Franciscan consciousness. He was a mystic who was deeply connected to nature. And what has come to me so far is that the contemplation on nature is to see that there is an intelligence running through all things. It's the ability to just let it all be. The day unfolds without my to-do list, although I do do many things. One thing that has become absolutely clear to me is that reverence cannot happen at high speed. It seems impossible to be both reverent and in a rush. And so simply the speed of modern life keeps us from deeply respecting it. I don't mean to talk in abstractions, but here's what happened to me. About 30 meters downstream from my tree is another tree, a big dark ebony. Here there is an opening in the steep sides of the river into a sandy slope. And this is where I go normally to swim and bath and wash. It's easy access to the river and it's the perfect crossing point for animals. Now as I've mentioned, part of why the treehouse is so well positioned is that it allows you to look down to that crossing spot and see game crossing the river. On the bank just past that crossing point is a little shelf where it's really nice to sit and meditate and drink tea. And this is where I was sitting when I went back in time. Behind me, I heard oxpeckers, the birds that sit on large game. And this alerted me. And I actually thought to myself, wow, I'm really tuned in. I looked over my shoulder and the birds were flying past. And so I thought nothing of it. I was watching two pied wagtails at the water's edge. They were just bobbing their little tails. And then I thought again of the oxpeckers and I wondered if that buffalo that's been in the er area was somewhere nearby. I glanced over my shoulder again and was incredibly surprised to find that there, at the top of the path to the crossing, was a huge rhino bull. And as I looked up at him on the top of the slope, he had some sky behind him. And his silhouette was just absolutely enormous. It just seemed to fill the whole frame. He was clearly coming down to drink, or maybe to cross. I felt like I was in one of those time machine movies where you fall into the frame and then suddenly you're in another world. It was like being face to face with a triceratops. In a moment, I was 300 million years in the past. I was an ancient man. I had to make a decision to sit still or move and I wanted to get to the base of that big ebony tree and it was suddenly a very tight space. I moved as he started coming down the slope towards me. He sensed me. He started sniffing the air. He froze and I froze. Then he stepped again and as he moved, I moved towards the base of the tree. He's now no more than three meters away from me. The scope of him took my breath away. The sound of his feet in the sand. I had the thought, 
that I was going to be the man who had banged on about safety, ironed by a rhino a few meters from my campsite. I could see the detailed etchings of his skin. It's like a map to another time. And his huge head appeared around the side of the tree, which I was now trying to keep between us. I saw his beautiful horn. People think rhinos may have been the birth of the mythology of the unicorn. The shape of the land meant it was leaning him by gait closer to me. He is now about two meters away. His breath was rasping. As he comes down the bank. I was in awe. For a moment I felt infinite and tiny at the same time. And it was like something ancient went from him into me. His body seemed inflated with muscle, but I know I'm way too close. My body felt coiled. I felt the adrenaline go into my system. Now I try to step when he steps. I stepped a little bit too soon to keep the tree between us, and he saw movement and panicked. It was like a Sherman tank did a donut. He spun around and exploded back up the bank and crashed off into the bush. And for a moment, I didn't know if he was going to come towards me or away from me. Certainly, if he had come towards me, he would have run me over. It was just crashing branches as he went away from me, and my heart was pounding. But I was absolutely infused with reverence for this ancient creature. It has taken me some time to calm down. I definitely did not make the right decision. I should have sat still on that shelf and just stomached the discomfort of the proximity without cover. To stay still probably would have been best, but we learn from these experiences. As I write this, it sounds like a lioness is contact calling very close to the camp here somewhere. Rather than roaring, it's more just like, ooh. 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 Sounds like she's trying to link up with some other lionesses. I'm definitely in the wild. The last two days have been intense. Elephants, hyenas, rhinos, lions near the camp, rain and cold. It has certainly felt like something of a baptism. After the rhino, the feeling of being in another time has persisted. I really felt like I was pulled into another time. And I guess I am. I'm in the time of nine days away from modern life. And the scope of insight for me has been quite astounding. I will not preach. What I would prefer to do is speak to myself and maybe to the community that is still to come. Maybe I will listen to this in the future and realize that this void was somehow sending future void a reminder. And the reminder is this. We have forgotten how to live. Your phone is not making your life more convenient. Delete Netflix. Stop watching the news. Take the Wi-Fi out your house. Sit by the fire so much more. Read books you can hold in your hand. Go places where there is no power. Watch what happens. Take your family. Focus on nature and community. Have ceremonies. Explore. Go a lot slower to induce reverence for life. Grow your own food. 
seems like we've been making something that leaves us all with less meaning and happiness. In a generation from now, we may be in some kind of augmented reality, calling it progress. I'm 36. I remember the time before a phone owned my attention. I have the contrast to know that it's a problem. The next generation will not. They will grow up inside of it. So the final call is to say, find the others who really want to live. Don't fight the system, just abandon it. Fall in love with nature. 4-0, out. This has been another episode of the Track Your Life podcast with Boyd Varty. Follow us on Instagram at Boyd underscore Varty, Twitter at Boyd Varty. Visit Boyd's website at boydvarty.com or subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast player. Please rate and review this podcast so that more people can find and enjoy it.